Welcome back to part two of episode three of Quarantine the Past. This part of the podcast is usually the bit where we play some music from some new artists and talk about it. Unfortunately, we've got a little bit of bad news for you this week. We were unable to receive approval from the record labels or artists for two of the tracks that we've chosen. So for those picks, we won't be able to play you any music. We will, however, include a link to a Spotify playlist so you can check them out yourselves easily enough. That way you'll have a bit of an idea what we're talking about. We're really sorry about this and we will certainly be doing our best to avoid this happening in the future. The first pick this month and the first one that we aren't able to play any music of is my pick and that is Horse Girl. This uh, Chicago trio released their debut album, uh, which is called Versions of Modern Performance, on Matador Records earlier this year. It's been a a particular favourite of mine, and I was really, really looking forward to sharing a song called World of Pots and Pans with you. Uh, The discussion that follows includes quite a lot of detailed discussion about the musical references in that track, and we really, really recommend seeking it out and hearing it for yourself. But let's just dive into that discussion now. So the reason I picked this, partially because I really like the album, but primarily because this is a podcast that sort of explores that interface between new, new music and nostalgia, how things that we listen to now relate back to our favorites that we used to enjoy back in the day. Um, and I think this is an album that really is is all about that, really. The, 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 the snippet that we just listened to is an exercise in packing as many references to classic post-punk indie rock a, a, as you possibly can. I mean, there's Jesus and Mary Chain, The Cure, The Pastels, um, Gang of Four, obviously. Um, and it, it's clear that Horse Girl um, is a band that, despite their, you know, their, their teenagers, they are, have obviously got a really, really great record collection, and they clearly um, aren't just playing lip service to it. They they clearly love this music and, and want to make something in that vein. But I guess the question is, while it's really satisfying, and uh, you know, I for one love a little reference scattered in, is it? Does does the record transcend the references, or is it just a just a sort of a facsimile of these influences? Um, I think at, at, at its best moments it does transcend it, um, but I can see why it just might be a little bit too much for some people as well. Um, and again, like a few of the bands we've covered so far, I just wonder if the really really impressive Horse Girl album is going to be album number three perhaps you know when when they've kind of found found that comfort zone and and just maybe don't have the need to drop the references and just just focus on the songs themselves I don't know what do you what do you guys think I mean Uh, yeah go ahead Juan sorry sorry no no it's uh I I guess I could start it's uh I mean this, this song in particular is funny because I thought that at some point, uh, you know, the lead singer was going to be like, sweeter from a drop of blood, like a sugar cube. Like it kind of has like that. (laughs) That's exactly it. (laughs) Uh, 
sorry, go on. Yeah, it totally it's sounds like <laughs> it sounds like Yolotengo's sugar cube, but it's it sounds like other things, but it's that chorus just came into my head when I was listening to it. Um, but that said, I'm really rooting for this band, and not only because they're really, really young and they're just kind of starting out, but uh, you know, and because they're quite literally a hodgepodge, like you said, David, of so much music that I like throughout, you know, the decades. And um, they're also from Chicago, which compared to a lot of other major cities, like like New York, Nashville, LA, like you never, like Chicago always has that working class kind of mindset where we work really hard, but never really gets, the, gets a little bit of an underrated credit when it comes to uh, music like indie bands especially so yeah it was really I, I really like this track obviously like you said like the album is you know uh, could be very derivative in a lot of ways but I do like how this song follows option eight which is my favorite track on the album it's so good and it just flows like really nice with <laughs> with that one and the coda on this track is so lovely it's like a fuzzy bear hug <laughs> it's so it's so cool and so nice and I yeah I, I I'm I'm perceiving that they will release something like a knockout album you know like their second album will be a knockout hopefully so yeah, option eight was. Do you guys remember when I when I when I texted you a while back and I was like, I know what my next pick is, um, and I didn't tell you what it was, um, and then I changed my mind, obviously. But it's because I listened to option eight and I was like, oh, a horse girl, horse girl for sure. Um, and I'm glad I changed my mind, of course, um, and I picked something else. But um, so that Dave could pick this one, but uh, unwittingly. Um, but it's because of option eight, which was yeah, Far and Away, my favorite song on this record. Um, and the reason I didn't ultimately pick Horse Girl is because when I listened to the rest of the album, I was like, there aren't any standout tracks like that for me on the record. Like, it's good, I like it a lot, but it is just this like pastiche of influences, um, which again, are very enjoyable and I feel a lot of cohesion and I think that it is a relatively strong record but nothing really jumped out at me in that way. But what got me, it's actually the track you just played Dave that kind of pulled me back in but possibly like for almost the, the wrong reasons kind of like you posed at the beginning like it's because it sent me down that scavenger hunt of references yeah. and I don't know if it like that's exciting and I and I do like when that happens with with artists that I'm just getting into but now I have a really hard time kind of deciding if they hold up on their own or if I'm just excited because it is sending me down a rabbit hole with all these other bands that I haven't thought about in forever um, even beyond the ones you just mentioned like I went down this like early um, twee rabbit hole um, beyond Yola Tango, um, which I actually don't consider a twee band, but, um, but the song you played, which obviously references um, like the pastels, but then it sounds so much to me like, um, uh, what was I gonna say? Oh, kind of like, 
Do you guys remember these like late 80s, early 90s, like little twee bands like Tiger Trap or Beat Happening? Yeah. Like that's what I was getting from it. Like maybe um, Black Tambourine or mm-hmm. Tullycraft. Like I was yeah. really getting a lot of that. And the reason um, I think I mentioned earlier that I, I wrote down the field mice for um, for this track too, because they keep mentioning Emma. And I was like, what if they're referencing Emma's house? Because <laughs> yeah. the song is like jam-packed with references that I would not be surprised. Yeah, well, I thought it it, mens- it mentions Jamboree, doesn't it? Which I oh, it was, does? I, which I thought was a beat happening re- reference. It definitely is a beat happening reference, right? Yeah. And that's, so... t- that's totally on brand as well. I- I'd written in my notes that it feels like they read our band could be your life and took it literally. Yeah. Um, and yeah. that's that's got a chapter on beat happening and obviously Sonic Youth as well. Oh yeah. Uh, for who sure. read it probably the primary influence. But you know, I, I, I love it. Um yeah. But I you know, I think I think what is cool is when bands have that unexpected, these are all kind of very expected influences, aren't they? They're all cool bands that are cool to like really and there's there isn't that sort of left field surprising influence where they you know drop some synths in and and throw a nod to abc or something like that which frankly every record needs i mean i'm not sure how expected um this kind of di diy twee stuff is or maybe i'm just not like um hearing it a lot from uh other newer bands yeah and certainly not from teenagers i mean that's what i mean like twee has made a real revival in fashion lately but people don't seem to know that it was a music era long before it was a fashion um like uh in because that was so much later like that was like a Zoe Deschanel kind of thing in like the 2010s so people don't make that association and I don't maybe I I don't know maybe I'm like talking to the wrong people but I don't see that correlation I mean I don't see people Mm -hmm. talking about the bands that I just rattled off but um so that that was a little bit surprising to me but I could just maybe not be listening to the right Bands. Joe, we should bring you in. Oh. You should. Um, no, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's all been kind of said, and there's a lot of a lot of it is just an homage to lots of different things. And I like the bits that sound like the bits I the I like the bits that sound like bands I like, and I'm not as keen on the bits that sound like bands I'm not as keen on. Like, I think I completely agree that it's um, you kind of want them to sort of break out a little bit of. Um, sort of be greater than the sum of their influences rather than just be kind of listening going oh this bit sounds like this band this bit sounds like this band I've just got a couple of other like um groups that haven't been mentioned that I thought occasionally bits sounded like there's there's some sounded a little bit like um some of the more sort of straightforward moments of stereo lab um mm-hmm. I got bits of sort of blonde redhead a couple of times as well mm-hmm. um and but I do um I really like the the vocals that kind of I don't know. I mean, it's very sort of Yola Tango, that um, kind of very deadpan. Um, so while there's quite a lot um, of dynamics going on in the music and the, the music's kind of sort of swirling all around, I guess, and you've just got at the, the centre of it this very sort of stable kind of influence of the vocals. I quite like how that how that works. But again, that's 
that's been done different times before. So it is, there's, but like for, you say, for if this was this band's sixth album, you'd be like, oh, you know, come on guys, like try and um, break out of this sort of prison and do something a bit different. But for a first record that is by teenagers and yeah, as like you said, this, you said, Dave, you think they've got like a really cool record collection. I mean, this kind, a lot of these kind of bands and Gabby, you said you've not thought of some of these bands for a long time. I'm just kind of wondering like what causes a group of teenagers in right. 2022 to try and be like hey let's make a record that sounds like like the jesus and mary chain or sort yeah. of tweet pop these aren't even yeah. this is these aren't even influences that are actually particularly kind of in vogue at the moment anyway yeah let's drop it because it's, it's all about new metal now yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. <laughs> there's a yeah bell and sebastian's another one there's a little bell and sebastian reference in that as well and the track is a television personalities reference the title i mean Really? Yeah, yeah it's a misheard. Cool. The title is a play on world of Pauline Lewis. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a bit of flying nun as well. I don't know if you heard that one. I know you're a <laughs> I know maybe you know I know you're a flying flying nun fan, but there's a what somewhere in the lyrics, I don't know if it's this song, there's a mention of Verlaine. So I'm not sure if it's Tom Verlaine or Paul Verlaine or if it's the <laughs> Verlaines, but either the of those. Is, yeah. I think it's Tom Verlaine. Yeah, it or, should be the no, Verlaines, obviously. No, well, Tom Verlaine is the, <laughs> that would be the coolest of television. So. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that makes sense. And Paul Verlaine is the poet and the Verlaines are yeah. obviously yeah, the, yeah. you know, the... Um, it's cool kids, aren't they? Yeah, they, they're really cool. Yeah, and I can't I hate them. I can't even get my, I can't get my kids to listen to anything. And yeah, it, it's it's phenomenal. And it is. I mean, I in a way I picked it, and then kind of I feel like I've criticised it a bit. But there is there's some really really good tunes on the record. I, not not the absolute standouts, and I think I I've kind of rated it at about a seven and a half. It, it just feels like it's just bubbling under but I, I i the talent is there and um the taste is there and the cohesion is there and i'm sure something something really special will be coming up unless they obviously move on in life you know and go to uni or do something different you know who knows but who knows? i hope I, think, I, yeah. I hope they make another record yeah I think I think our criticisms of it were being quite sort of music criticy about it, um, and just in terms of like a standard, rec which we do. Yeah. Um, in terms of just being like a record that you know that we enjoy, like I, I really enjoyed the record. Like I'm yeah. not, um, we're kind of picking holes to to pick holes. I think a little bit, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a natural reaction <laughs> that we have to things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that was Horse Girl. Um, so good one to, to kick things off, really. Uh, we're going to move on to Joe. So we're changing, changing pace. <laughs> Last time, Joe brought um, some Australian hip hop, and I said, "Oh, you know, maybe I'm, it's Australian hip hop, something I need to explore a little bit more." But did I mean it? Um, the jury's out. I took it very literally. But Joe took it literally. So he came back with um, more Australian hip hop. Unfortunately, we didn't receive the approval to share this second helping of Australian hip-hop with you, uh, which is a real shame because the track that Joe chosen was really something quite special. Um, it'll be on our Spotify playlist, so you'll be able to check it out for yourself. 
Um, but for the benefit of the discussion and understanding what Joe's going to be talking about, the band in question is called 1300. The song is called Woe Damn. And this can be found on the band's debut mixtape, which is called Foreign Language. We'll now go on to the discussion with Joe introducing the song and telling us why he chose it. Well, so um, yeah, one three hundred are um, a Korean-Australian five-piece from from Western Sydney. So I think in the sort of Sydney music scene, you generally get on the um, Eastern Sydney tends to be lots of kind of um, sort of light surf-influenced kind of pop rock about how sunny things are, um, and kind of um, lots of sort of club sort of dance music and um, like Flume is from um, Eastern Sydney, and then the West Western Sydney is where you get more. Um, more of the hip hop and to be honest a lot more of the, the interesting music comes from western sydney um so 1300 are from western sydney um this is as you said their their debut mixtape um and i think i just chose this um because it is just quite i don't know it's just quite quite interesting really i just quite enjoyed it it's really really high energy um i've done my normal thing in that i just pick a record that i like and then try and convince myself that there's a link to something in the past about it so um, with this one, I've kind of um, I'm claiming that um, the idea of like a hip hop crew generally is quite quite a sort of '90s thing, and you don't really see that too much anymore. The obvious exception being Brockhampton, who um, One Three Hundred get a lot, quite a lot of comparisons to. I think Brockhampton have kind of um, flagged themselves as like a hip hop boy band, and I think there's a lot of that kind of thing in One Three Hundred as well. Like they're a sort of hip hop, K-pop band basically. Um, but there are also some elements of like there's some drum and bass in there, particularly in that last um, track and some sort of breakbeat as well. Um, I mean, it does generally sound very sort of modern um, with the sort of like the, the the glitchy beats and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, I just thought it was it's I'm a sucker for anything that is extremely energetic, basically. And I think this definitely, definitely ticks, ticks that box. Yeah. I mean, I listened to this one first, so I didn't listen to the album. I honed straight in on your track. Um, and then I went on to listen to the rest of the album. And um, yeah, it, 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 I definitely heard that sort of drum and bass, drum and bass vibe to it. Um, the energy is exciting. There was a little bit of kind of, yeah, I heard a bit of, sort of retro gaming kind of soundtrack to it there was a bit of it sounded a bit nintendo you know the the the, the sort of the um the melody in the background um it, it's fun with the you know with the bilingual rapping and yeah i i, I liked it it wasn't my favorite track on the on the on the album i think i really liked the first one come on mm. that was really good um it's a fun record. It's quite diverse. They they've got a lot of ideas, and it it sounds fresh, and you know it sounds very twenty twenty two really. What did you guys think? Told you I wrote down one word, <laughs> <laughs> and it was outcast. Um, so if you want a link to something in the past, I feel like that song that you just played kind of sounded like bombs over Baghdad. it does yeah i've not i've not spotted that a bit less sort of princey than bombs over Baghdad. bombs sure. over Baghdad's got that sort of like squealing guitar but mm -hmm. mm. so 
I don't think the entire record, did. I, I think I told you Joe, that when I first put the record on, um, I kind of thought, and maybe this is why you like the first track, Dave, it kind of sounded a little more Mostefi. And I was like, all right, all right. And then it was like so high energy and kind of like um, more, a lot more pop and dancey, which I was really, really into actually, but I was struggling to get reference points, which mm. I, it's like the main um, assignment I find myself like working towards when when preparing for this podcast um so I don't think I did that good of a job with this one but I really enjoyed it the only thing that I thought kind of suffered was like the occasional <laughs> the occasional auto tune like <laughs> took me it took me out of it <laughs> but other than that I thought it was like, an excellent um, mixtape I, I really loved it yeah it's auto tune itself is kind of nostalgic these days true that is true i mean it's not as <laughs> there's good nostalgia and bad nostalgia but it right was, that's um, fair. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean i knew that we'd seen your notes beforehand on the screen and i saw that you'd written one word and i was i was dying to know what that word was it was outcast. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i did know if that was outcast the band or, or reference to joe um, yeah, <laughs> we do yeah, want to cast Joe out. <laughs> Juan was I, looking terrified when I said, "What do you guys think of it? Did you, what do, did you enjoy it?" Uh, well, I mean, to, to be completely honest, when I heard most of it, I, I it was a little bit hard to to take in all of it, but this track in particular was a, a good choice. Although I'd love to know more about their story. I'm not sure if they were part of like a of the South Korean diaspora in Australia, or they they were born and raised in Australia. Um, very interesting, but I I do like that they have a very collagey kind of approach, right? It's like just throw it all into the wall, see, and and it seems like they have a really good dynamic, and they ha and they must have a really good friendship because it, it they know how to talk with each other and really try to rap together. And I think it flows very well. And that's why it just goes in overdrive, right? It's amazing, mm -hmm. uh, which is something that I didn't expect from listening to this song. I don't know. I always like like these kinds of maximalist kind of production elements instead of just trying to you know, do the same thing that, that everyone's kind of doing. And I, I appreciate that a lot from this track. How many rappers think, are there, think... Joe? I saw, I think it's three rappers and two producers. Um, I, you might want to fact check that, but I think the three rappers were in like a different um, um, collective and met the two producers um, at the show. I think mm. is the is the kind of backstory. I'm not sure if um, if they're born um, in Korea or or in Australia. I don't kind of know the the sort of um, the background there. But I did read an interview and they basically said that it's like a very um, there is a scene of like um sort of korean australians in in western sydney that um, are all sort of making music but they sort of said it's a significant it's a sufficiently small scene that like everybody knows everyone because there's not there it's there's not many people doing it basically um so i don't know if other sort of groups or artists are going to kind of follow in their wake because they're getting like a little bit of attention in in australia at the moment and um call back to um episode one they're actually supporting confidence man on their australian tour um so 
so I don't know. It'd be nice to see, like, if if there is that kind of fertile scene for other artists to follow. But I don't know if that's. I, I'm not aware of any others that, that I've heard of. But I feel like you should not be there, obviously. That, you should be at that tour, uh, handing out flyers, making people listen to this podcast. Really, that, that is the audience <laughs> we're looking for. You know. Yeah. Well, I'd be like, there's these other three people on this podcast. You won't probably like them. But if you're at this show, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. It's the yeah. audience you're looking for, but um. No, I, I like uh, I like um, you know, like you were talking about the the rap crews where where there's different voices, different styles. It it, it keeps things interesting and um, and diverse. And you know, o- over three minutes with a high energy beat and different voices, different languages. It, you know, it's it's only going to be uh, you know engaging and interesting. Um, whether it stands up in the long term, I I. I I don't know, but I enjoyed it. Mm. It was it was fun, and it, it it did grow on me. Actually, the first time I thought, "What on earth is Joe got us listening to?" But <laughs> you know, second, third time through, I was I was bobbing around to it and quite quite enjoying it. So, a good pick. I think. Um, so my my normal picks are um, I particularly I'm interested in um, picking things that your wife and children will like, Dave, because I think yeah. my picks are normally their favourites. So, did they enjoy this one? Yeah, well, my my youngest is a big, you know, is a, is a big BTS fan, so he mm. he, he would probably okay, yeah. approve of this. This is kind of like the the grown up version, isn't it? Or I mean, you could you could appeal to my mom. My mom is like real. It's like she knows so much about Korean dramas and Korean culture, and yeah, I think I think she would like this. <laughs> Gonna, I'm gonna share. Yeah. yeah, one of one of my yeah. youngest son's um, best friends at school is Korean, actually. So um, I'm not sure if the lyrics are um, uh, family friendly, but <laughs> I've no idea. Yeah, <laughs> I guess yeah. that's the other thing. You know, it, it would be nice to know, wouldn't it? It would be nice to know what it was what it was about in parts. Um, but maybe that's that mystery adds adds as much as right. you know not knowing takes away. Good. So yeah, thanks for another another fascinating pick. And I hear that you're bringing a guitar band to the show next time, so that that will be exciting uh, yes. As well. um, but they are Australian, obviously. Of but course. Yes, I am. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to move on now. We've got Gabby's pick next. Um, Gabby, you have chosen another Australian band. This is becoming very very similar. <laughs> And um, I'm, I'm sensing a symbiosis here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if this is, uh, you know, it's me that chooses the uh, the winner, not Joe. So if this is an attempt to kind of <laughs> misguided, in. misguided, yeah, it's very misguided <laughs> indeed. Um, anyway, you have chosen um, another uh, band who've just released their debut album. This is Body Type. Uh, their debut album is called Everything Is Dangerous But Nothing Surprising. Um, and it's out now on Poison City Records. The song you picked is, I think, their latest single, and it's called The Charm. Just 
that was body type with the charm. Gabby, tell us about this one. All right. So body type is a, a four piece from Sydney, a, a girl band. Um, and they, what I thought was interesting about them is that um, they formed in, I think, 2016, and they couldn't really play any instruments. And that plays into the track I chose um, because uh, it is a direct response to a music exec who told them that if they don't rehearse, if they don't get better at their instruments, if they don't put their 10,000 hours in, they're going to lose their charm. Um, and they basically recorded this as a fuck you. Um, but the whole album actually, I thought, I, I loved, I actually, I wish I remembered how I heard about them because I kind of, it was very sudden and I like threw this pick at you guys very quickly and I truly do not remember how I came across it, which is a shame. Um, but I thought the whole thing was very raw and emotional, very energetic and reactionary. Um, and it turns out that that makes sense in a lot of ways because it was recorded in like seven days, something like that, like very quickly. Um, which both comes through, but also um, I just I just love it kind of conceptually because, um, and they they've said as much I think in interviews that you know we don't think twice about all of these dudes and bands that are like super mediocre, <laughs> um, mm -hmm. that men often like, just like, there's so many just generic rock bands out there that we love. And there are a lot of dudes that are shitty at their instruments, like punk rock is crap, right? But we love it, but we don't give anyone a hard time for it. But with women, they have to be virtuosos at their guitar um, music or well at anything they play or we really get pissed off about it um so i i kind of love that this was like just a reaction against that and frankly I, I think it's good like i just think this is a really solid record um musically i think that it I mean, obvious comparison like Baruch Assault, The Breeders aside, I heard so much Slater Kinney in this. Um, like the warbly guitars, the vocals, it just um, really sent me on like another Slater Kinney kick, which is which is easy for me <laughs> anyway. But um, I even made Joe listen to Dig Me Out because he had never heard it before. <laughs> um, but I, this was an instant love for me, this record. Hmm. And I wanted you to hear it. I, yeah, I, yeah, of course, I'll talk about it because I'd never heard of Body Type. Uh, and well, it's our debut, so <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> oh my um i mean at first i was surprised that they were from sydney because they have a very uh like-minded la meets sunset strip kind of sound um with kind of like a classic sound that it's 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 funny because even to this day like if you go to the sunset strip in la there's a lot of bands that are still play like the whiskey a go-go and all these uh 
doing like rock shows, right? And it really, this sound, this song, even if it has its indie-ish sound to it, it, it also sounds like a pure rock and roll song. I can imagine it, you know, like seeing a crowd wearing leather jackets and the band just kind of tearing it up. Um, but it's not just that. I heard a lot of the other songs of the album and they're, you know, they're doing some very interesting things weirdly with the guitar. And you were just talking about they, they got such a, you know, they, they had all these demands from, you know, the man, fuck. But, <laughs> you know, all these like guitar patterns are not linear at all in a lot of those, these songs. And I think the one band that it reminded me of a little bit in the same category as Chastity Belt, who really add texture and melody to their arrangements while also appreciating and adding some space as well. And yeah, I liked it. I, I liked it a lot. And I've only heard it that one time, but I'll definitely queue it up again. I liked it. And I know somebody from the staff who would really like this <laughs> too. So I'm going to have to share it. Oh, cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think you're right. I would never have guessed they were from Sydney or Australia at all. And the kind of stuff you were saying, Gabby, about like they were told by record execs to, you know, hone their sound and all this kind of thing. I think that it's probably uh, an attitude that is more prevalent in Australia than perhaps in the States because um, you've got a musical culture where rock and roll is kind of like all bands are here and then up on this enormous pedestal that no one can touch is ACDC. Who are still Sorry. like the kind of yeah exactly exactly and it's like you don't if yeah if you're not you know so much rock music hit um, in Australia is just so enthralled to ACDC still um, so the just the idea of four women being in a rock and roll band is kind of quite um, it's, it's just that in itself I think is a bit subversive for for Australian music um, but. So yeah, I think I all say. the kind of stuff you were saying sure. is is really really uh, kind of relevant there. Um, in terms of, I mean, yeah, the the reference points. Um, uh, in terms of kind of the stuff that I prefer, I I'm more into the kind of the kind of um, sort of almost like the trippier elements of the record, the, the bits that sound more like bands like Warpaint rather than the sort of more sort of riot girl or post punk type. Um, type stuff and there's it reminded me of um, Savages as well in in quite a few few elements some of the really kind of abrasive moments um, but yeah I think it's um, almost similar to what we were saying about before with um, with Horse Girl with Horse Girl being kind of so so young but having all these reference points um, I don't know the, the ages of, of body type but I think they've been around for like 20s like, well, yeah so a little bit older but you you kind of wonder sort of how they came to this point based on their kind of their backgrounds and the kind of um, what's been going on around them. It's quite incongruous both for Horse Girl and for Body Type. I think to have made records, debut records that sound the way that they do. Yeah, I enjoyed it too, Gabby. I thought it, it's interesting. It's it, and it's interesting to contrast it with the Horse Girl record because this was less about look what we're interested in, look what our influences are. It was more about this is what we feel and we're really pissed off that someone has told us that what we're doing doesn't conform to what the expectations are. It was raw passion. And I think 
that's how to make a debut record. It's it's not it's not about style and not about the little signifiers and the little nods. It's about the it's about feeling and it's about having a, a belief in what you're putting out there. Um, and and that's what I think made it exciting to me. And you know, it didn't sound any any more rough around the edges than wet leg or, or or anything really you know i mean how many people are guitar virtuosos and how many of those do we even care about anywhere so it's a ridiculous thing isn't it to be confronted with um you know and i'm sure it's not just australia where that happens as well i mean it's it's odd isn't it to be casting casting the u.s as a kind of progressive bastion of <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So um, I'm sure it happens there too, and it, it's just it, it, it's typical, isn't it, of the shit that people have to put up with. But I just thought it was good. It's just I think it's quite it's quite timely, isn't it, to have um, a group of women saying "fuck you" to to men yeah. in power, really. And that that felt quite invigorating this week. So um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. I, and you can it, see, I think, why I chose this. Uh, over Horse Girl specifically, um, like why uh, I decided like uh, Horse Girl's not like quite enough, but this is similar, but like a little more. Yeah. So for the for the podcast this week. Yeah. Um, in terms of things, it sounds like I think yeah. I mean, agree with everything every everyone said. The the other thing it kind of reminded me a little of was. Um, the first Sahara Hot Nights album. Um, oh yeah, who, um, obviously a Swedish uh, punk band, and I think probably the thing they have in common, despite being on entirely opposite sides of the world, different hemispheres, very different climates in the north of Sweden, is that they're kind of like relative outsiders, um, being girls in a rock band in in communities where that isn't that common. Um, coming at it with a bit of anger and a, and, and, and a bit of passion and a, and a sort of desire to kind of cut through against the odds. So I think they have that kind of outsider charm to them. Um, yeah, really enjoyed it. So that's, um, that is body type. Um, and we've saved have we saved the best to last? That is debatable. All will be decided. Um, we've got Juan's pick now, and we're moving to Sweden um, from Australia, where we seem to have been hanging out a lot. And we've got Viagra Boys, um, who aren't, who are the one band who aren't making a debut. They've got their third album um, coming out in uh, in July, I think, Juan. Um, mm -hmm. that, the third album is called Cave World, uh, and it follows last year's Welfare Jazz. Um, they're a Swedish post-punk band based in Stockholm, uh, and the song that you have chosen, or we have chosen for you because we really liked it, um, is Punk Rock Loser. So let's have a listen to that one now.
Kind of feels a bit sad to cut that one off, doesn't it? Really, but that is uh, "Punk Rock Loser" by Viagra Boys. Um, I've made a special promise to my wife to not make any puns regarding um, Viagra. The the dad in me is just itching to bust out the dad jokes, but I think I've got them all out of my system this week, and I'm going to keep things are you, clean. Are you finding it hard not to? I'm finding it incredibly hard. <laughs> <laughs> my wife is going to be so annoyed now um anyway joe you're a bad influence and we're going to come to you last so let's uh, let's start with juan um juan you've got to keep things clean um we're trying to i think we've already got the little explicit notice on this podcast haven't we um because yeah. gabby's here but <laughs> sorry uh, juan, I, tell I, us why you pick yeah. viagra boys why why, uh... why is this one um so leaping out at you this week so all right yeah a couple of things i this band never really grabbed me at first I, i'm very much of the mindset that i mean the first two albums like i'm very much in the mindset that the music comes before the words but the words can enhance a work of art and my point being that their previous album like kind of fused like scrunky jazz with some garage rock and some scars and I always saw some promise in there but I didn't find it as musically interesting like in the same way like the like a post-punk band like idols I don't find too interesting for for many reasons um but this one just grabbed me for many many ways and it's it's well a little bit of backstory first like uh the two main songwriters they were tattoo artists uh Henrik Hawker and Sebastian Murphy um and I still don't know a lot about the backstory. It's kind of hard to find, but I do know that they both, uh, they formed this band at first because Henrik wanted Murphy to sing in a band uh, after hearing him sing karaoke, specifically Mariah Carey's We Belong Together in karaoke, <laughs> which is which is very a very odd way to kind of say like, let's start this Swedish post-punk band, right? But. <laughs> I mean, it's very quirky, um, but yeah, I mean, this song and this album in particular definitely is more on the arts, art punk side of the spectrum, which is what maybe why it appeals more to me, like all the all the tracks that I've heard, all the singles that they've released so far are very different and creative, and they're doing a lot of like mod punk, and another song sounds like Chugging Industrial, psychedelic with dance elements so there's a lot going on uh obviously the messaging of this song is very satirical it kind of kind of narrates this man who brags about himself while kind of projecting this insecurity to a woman and it's a little bit sad his commons are not very good but if anything it just confirms that that he's an average scum really. So uh, I, that's what I like about this song as well. And yeah, you can make the connection. They're a post-punk band. They sound a lot like what, like, it sounds more like, more in the vein of like Proto-Martyr, Shame, Sleaford Mods, more than I would say like bands like Fontaine's DC, who are to me are more like the pristine boys of that scene, right? Like you, you can hear them like winning over an arena crowd with a larger base, but these guys, I can't even imagine them. But yeah, I mean, really like this track. They're very like, fuck the patriarchy attitude, you know, as well, which is, you know, you gotta appreciate that. 
which they do like idols, but coming back to idols, they they do it in a more clever and interesting way instead of like being really preachy like that, like the offer mentioned. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, those are that's why I like this track a lot and this band. So go on, Gabby. I don't remember the last time I liked a new song this much. I'm so into this track. Like from, from the first few seconds I heard it, I was like taking a walk and I listened to this and I was like, holy shit. I was cracking up. It's like the satirical machismo is so good. I also immediately thought like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All these new post-punk bands, like sure, of course. But I immediately thought two things, Butthole Surfers and Dandy Warhols. Huh. There's this one Danny Warhol song, um, I think it's called Horse Pills or Horse Pill, that like, if you haven't heard it in a long time, I think it's on 13 Tales from Urban Bohemia. Listen to it and then listen right. to this track and tell me what you think. But man, this is good. Like, it's just so clever. I love it. Thank you for this. <laughs> Am I allowed to go now, Dave? I know you are, but you're, you're, <laughs> okay. you're, you're, you're going to be censored. I'm going to bleep out any, any. <laughs> okay, okay. I will, I will keep it clean. I will. There will be no jokes. Um, so no, I really, really love this as well. Um, yeah, it's just like that. This song just burst from the speaker straight away. Um, I'm with you, Juan, in that like I'm generally about the music and the lyrics can add things. I tend not to notice lyrics the first few times around quite so much, but. Um, but with this, obviously, straight away, I was, and I was even like writing down lines. Um, my favorite one I've written down, um, I warned you, baby, that ain't juice in my cup. It's, <laughs> it's promethazine and a little seven up. Which is just, it's just so good. It's so good. Um, so I was um, getting a lot, um, bit of like Nick Cave. Um, yeah. I think some of the earlier Nick Cave and um, Eels as well. Some of the, like the sort of sleazier blues rock elements mm. of Eels. Um, and the things I was, I was trying to think of other um, artists that it sounded like, and I realized that it sounds like what some artists sound like in my head, but they're better in my head than they are in reality. So mm. like, I really like the idea of like, the Black Keys, but Black Keys records these days just don't really do it for me. And like the older ones, I still the enjoy. The older ones are so like good. Like the really older ones. Mm. But I would have liked Black Keys to have become this rather than what they became. And then you also mentioned Sleaford Mods, um, one, and I find Sleaford Mods incredibly tedious, but I love the idea of Sleaford right. Mods. I think I, I think I should like them, but I find what you mentioned about idols being preachy. I find Sleaford Mods a very sort of studied kind of um, like countercultural thing. Like they, it's I, I find it quite knowing. Um, whereas this, I just find kind of funny and it could be satirical without taking itself too seriously. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Bagger Boys. I I hope they keep it up. Joe. <laughs> I knew we couldn't. I knew we couldn't. I nearly, I, I know. I nearly made it all the way to the I'm end. I'm really glad that, that usually one. I'm very much that guy, and I'm just glad that I managed to um, restrain myself. Um, yeah. So, um, <laughs> but it's really, really challenging. Um, anyway, um, I, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was great as well. I, um, 
I didn't instantly love it. I think the first time I heard it, I was like, I thought they were post-punk and it didn't really sound like it's to me, post-punk is, is one of the most serious of, of genres, isn't it? It's, it's quite a serious, studded, arty kind of takes itself quite seriously genre. And this didn't really sound like that. It like, you know, it sounded satirical tongue in cheek and then you know it just didn't seem to fit really and it and it doesn't you know when when someone tells me hey check out this band called Viagra Boys it wasn't what I was expecting so it was a bit kind of incongruous really um, I expected really high energy punk music and it, it just didn't fit so there was a bit of a jarring thing going on at first um, but when I came back to it and when I sort of digested the lyrics and and and, and took it as a as a whole I really enjoyed it and um, yeah, I play, I played everything to to my wife, uh, not not the kids, because I didn't think this was necessary. <laughs> I didn't want them going into school and telling them about oh, daddy was showing me this bank of Viagra boys. It's not, <laughs> it's maybe not what I wanted the, <laughs> to hear back from the teachers. But the um, this was the song out of everyone's that my wife enjoyed the most, and interestingly, she said Just exactly. So <laughs> she kind of came up with exactly the same. Um, reference point as I did which was that it had that kind of swagger um and the kind of the the gravelly deep vocal of uh, Alabama 3's woke up this morning for you know the Sopranos theme mm-hmm. tune it just had that kind of that kind of menacing swagger to it but slightly ridiculous at the same time and, and I was hearing that too um and it doesn't really sound at all like their last record or anything they've done before or indeed anything else that is kind of being trailed already for this record. I haven't heard the whole thing. Um, but if this is the general caliber, then it's gonna it's gonna be really up there, I think, with the records of the year. It's a really, really strong selection. Um, another thing, I just a very with the guitars and the chorus, it just reminded me a little bit of Queens of the Stone Edge as well. They had that kind of a little bit of that vibe to it. Um, yeah, great, great it's, pick one. Yeah. Really enjoyed it. Did I just realized this is crazy, but it kind of reminds me of Cake a little bit. Is that insane? Oh, the sort of the, the detachment, I guess. Like the sort yeah. of yeah, I think I, I see mean, where you're coming from yeah. with that. I, I mean, I'm just blown, I'm blown away with all the comparisons you've made because I haven't made so many of these connections. Uh the one song, I had one song that came to mind when I heard this, and it was the band Clinic, and they had a song called Walking oh, With Thee. Yeah. And yeah. for some reason, that's the first connection I made with that track. I think it's uh, the chorus, like the little thing that they do after the chorus, but mm. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I have to listen to a lot of music now. After. I mean, it, it's interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, this is yeah. one song and the diversity of the different touchstones that everyone's flagged up is, is quite something, isn't it? And yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it is a very you know quite a simple song really it's not going off with a crazy kind of middle eight or a a, a weird coda at the end it's it's it is what it is but it's it's reminding us all of different things so yeah great great record and a very strong contender shall we say so yeah tell us don't keep us in suspense (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, yeah, difficult to choose a winner this week because on the one hand, 
it could easily be Juan because I think that's probably the the collective pick. Um, but Juan's already won once already. But if he's the winner, you know, yeah. if you pick the best one. He's only the winner if I yeah. pick him, isn't he? Well, sure, but... Yeah. But I think for me, it was between two songs and it was your pick, Gabby, and Juan's pick. Um, and I'm going to go for yours because there was something about the raw passion of it that I think trumps the satire and the and the kind of comedic element of ones it was um they're both great songs and they're both winners and joe's pick was a winner too because it was great fun <laughs> as well. but i'm i'm crowning you the winner i think i think uh, it, it but just, i feel all right okay I'm, okay i'm taking my win it's not a gift i, I, I it, was, <laughs> it was the one that resonated most with me at the moment in time i think it was <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the disgust on Juan's face. Um, <laughs> no, I, I just think, I think it was just a, it was just a case of the, the, the passion and the energy and the message kind of just, just winning out this, this time. So I'm that's so my glad pick. you liked it. Yeah. So the charm by body type, but a very, very honourable mention to Punk Rock Loser by Viagra Boys and. I think when we reach the end of the year and we're talking about our records of the year, I'd be incredibly surprised if we weren't singing the praises of Viagra Boys, um, by which time Joe may have found some time to come up with some more smutty puns. I hope so. That's yeah. that's my second half of the I mean, year he, plan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you um, had like two pages of notes and I'm pretty sure that that was all you had, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Well, that rounds up uh, the second part of episode three. We hope you've enjoyed uh, listening and we'll be back soon with, uh, with another episode of Quarantine the Past. Thanks for listening.